Welcome to the weekly podcast of Upper Room Christian Fellowship in Lincoln, Nebraska. Thank you for listening. We are in Romans 8. If you would, turn there with me. And... If you would, stand for the reading of the Word of God. It's been said that chapter 8 has been, is the greatest chapter in the New Testament. Now, whether you agree with that or not, it's not important because all the Word of God is profitable. But it's been said that chapter 8 is unique and it's this way. See, at first it starts off with no condemnation. But see, it ends with no separation. But in between, God is working all things good. And you and I are victorious. That's good news, isn't it? And it's a good reason why that we're going to take our time in this chapter. So if you will, starting at verse 1, there is therefore... Oh, I'm really loud. I'm almost sounding too loud. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Let's pray. Father, our prayer is that we would get it, that we would understand it, that we would apply it. We've asked, Lord, that your spirit would move in and through us, lift us up into the heavens, Lord, where you've called us all to dwell. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, before you're seated, I want you to do something, if you can. I want you to put your hands up. And I want you to do this. It's two things. That's rapture practice. But it's also leading into this message. Please be seated. Now in verse 1 we learned last week there is no condemnation. None. You are free. Free from the guilt, the shame, you're free from the penalty. You are free indeed in Christ Jesus. Because that's the condition. Are you in Christ Jesus? If Christ Jesus is your Savior, then you are not condemned. So again, you always have to ask this when you come to a point like this, is think that through. Are you in Christ Jesus this morning? Is He your Lord and Savior? Did you accept and believe that He died for your sins and by faith He rose again from the dead? Then you are saved. Now, knowing that then, there is no condemnation. Now, if you'll notice, it says, who do not walk according to the flesh, 
but according to the Spirit. Is that the condition? No, I'll go two ways with this. One is that most theologians believe that it's not supposed to be there. Now you might say, what are they saying, marking off the Bible? No, the older manuscripts didn't have this in there. Now we'll see that it is in verse 4. So, if you will, there's a good chance it's not supposed to be there. In fact, you might have a translation that has it not really in the, the strong wording. Okay, so what if it is in there? Well, can I suggest something to you? That it could be that the Lord allowed that in there for this reason. That to experience it and to grow in the truth that you are not condemned, you will not walk in the flesh, but you will walk according to the Spirit. Now, we're going to get into that a lot, probably next week. Here, I'm just touching on it. Now, look at verse 2. And again, this is another reason why I'm suggesting this to you, because it says, There is therefore, verse 1, Now, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. The next word we have in verse 2 is for. That word for means to express a cause, to give explanation, the why of a matter. Because the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus is in you. Has made me free. That word free means to make free by force. From what? From the law of sin and death. You with me? Uh, now, what it is is this. See, the law, all it did, and we went over this, revealed something to us. You and I are sinners. We cannot keep the law. No way. If you will, it's like the example of gravity. Now, it's interesting because gravity really does work. And if you don't believe this, if you were to get on the chair and just jump, you're not going to fly, you're going to fall. Or, if you will, what you just did, if you notice, you didn't go floating in the air. Now, that would have been kind of funny, seeing everybody going to float in the air and we get stuck on top of the ceiling. That would be different because actually the older kids would probably start taking balls like footballs and throwing them at us, thinking that we're piñatas. And that's not the case. Gravity keeps us down. Now, I learned this too as a kid because I probably shouldn't say this. I've shared it before with you. But I tried taking an umbrella, getting on top of the roof and jumping, and it did not float. Then I took a sheet and tried that. It did not work either. I'm grounded. I'm bound by ground. Except until, like I shared with you before, my dad took me to the airport. Showed me this plane. And he said, we're going to go flying. Leave your umbrella, leave your sheets, get inside. Now, if you look at a plane, a plane is what became to me like a car in the air because I went flying so much with my dad. It's this metal thing. And if you look at it, you can go up there, and if you were a strong man like Samson, you took that plane and threw it up, trust me, it's coming straight down again. No, see, what had to happen was because of the law of gravity, there had to be a new law. The law of aerodynamics. Thrust, lift, drag. And we were flying. Now, it was a 172, so it wasn't like we were jetting by anybody, but we were flying. Same principle here. See, there was an old law, and that law was the law. And it kept you to remind you that you are condemned. Now there's a new law. 
And it's because of Christ Jesus. That He paid the price for you and I. Remember we read this in Romans. Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into His death? Therefore we were buried with Him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should be walking in newness of life. No more gravity. I'm not condemned by the law, neither are you. I'm free. I'm free to do what Christ wants to do in me. I'm airborne. And the only thing that keeps me down is my... Hold that thought. Look at verse 3. Notice, Jesus came in the likeness of sinful flesh. He didn't come in sinful flesh. Scripture tells us Jesus did no sin. He knew no sin. No sin in Him. Oh, He was tempted, but without sin. Those are all in Scripture. No, He was without sin completely. He was pure. He was holy. But He was fully human. He was the perfect sacrifice, taking our sin upon Himself. Notice, He condemned sin in the flesh. Our sins are forgiven. Uh, but the old sinful nature, listen, the old Luke, uh, the old fleshly Luke, he was condemned. He had to die with Christ. Just as you had to die. Oh, your sins are forgiven you. But see, you needed something new. As Jesus said, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless you have a new birth in Christ, then you're still condemned in your sin. But we, therefore, are now new creations in Christ. You have a newness of life. You are born again. Isn't that great news? Now, verse 4. Verse 4, like I said, verse 4, there it is. The writing is very small in the numbers. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. The Holy Spirit has written the law into our hearts now, as Jeremiah says. 31 through 34, but this is the new covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law into their minds. I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. It's written in our hearts now. There's something new that's transpired here. Ironside, I'd like to quote from him, says it this way. Listen, it's powerful. He says, we are brought to God in Christ Jesus And so all the question of judgment is forever settled. It can never be raised again. This leaves the soul at liberty to be occupied, excuse me, with pleasing God. Not as a means of escaping the divine displeasure, but out of love to Him who has brought us to Himself in peace. What the law with all its stern and solemn warnings and threatenings could not accomplish, that is, produce a life of holiness because of the weakness and unreliability of the flesh, is now realized in the power of the new life 
by the Spirit. You are brand new. You are born again. There is no weight holding you down anymore. You're free. Free to do these things because they're written in your law and you know and understand this. See, it's conviction that brings us back down to a place of vulnerability but and weakness, but not life. You're not to remain there. You're not supposed to. See, if you confess your sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Airborne is what God wants all of us. Again, take the symbolism as it is. That God wants us to understand what it means to be in Christ. If you notice, that's what we went over. There is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. In verse 2, we saw that the law of the Spirit of life in Christ. In Christ, Jesus. In, again, applying here a place to live. A place to think. A place to have your awareness centered in what? In Christ. Remember we used the example of Noah's ark? That Noah built the boat, put pitch, which is another word in Hebrew for atonement, and the outside and the inside. And then God told him, get in. Get in. And then God shut the door. You are in Christ Jesus this way. So, really, it comes down to, are you in Christ experientially, or are you still struggling? Because really, if you will, what keeps us centered, or weighted down, I should say, is when we're centered on ourselves. Me. It's all about me, baby. If you want to know what the world is struggling in, I'll read from you from Erwin Lutzer in one of his latest books. He says this, listen, this really hits us in the eyes. He says, there was a time in America when it was generally believed that truth was a reality outside ourselves. And we could dialogue back and forth, agreeing or disagreeing with one another as to what the truth was. Those days are gone. In our woke culture, there is no truth out there because truth is now in me. And it's whatever I say it is with no compelling search for truth. All that is left is the quest for power. Reasonable dialogue has given way to entrenched self-congratulatory selfism. And no ground can be conceded to those who disagree With me. See, it's all about me now. This is the culture that we're having. It's me. It's centered on me and what I want, what I think is right, and what I think is true. How I feel about myself. Right now, I feel like a butterfly. I am a butterfly. I want you to look at me and say, I am a butterfly, because that's the way I now look at myself. Instead of looking at it objectively, no, it's subjectively. It's what I interpret life to be. And what the problem is, is this has got in into the churches. I was just watching, uh, I won't tell you the denomination, but it was a woman pastor and she was a Christian feminist. And she said, how this works is because I have found that God is wrong. Actually, 
She said, God is a liar. That see, in the Garden of Eden, Eden did what, Eve did what was right. Because she expressed herself in freedom as a woman. So listening to the serpent was giving her liberty. And she was saying, this is how I interpret the Bible. It's not for you or I to interpret the way we feel. It's the truth that sets us free. And it's the truth that this morning that we understand something. You and I are airborne. Why? Because we're not condemned. Is it because of anything you did or I've done? No. It's because of what Christ has done on the cross for us. We are free. But see, to maintain this again, there has to be a changing of what's centered. It's not about me. And if you will, excuse me if I'm stepping on any toes here in modern worship or any worship song, because when it's centered always on me, that God always answers my prayer, what I want, what I need, then we're missing the point. See, everything that is done in our lives must be centered on Christ for His purpose, for His glory in our lives. When we think that it's about God showing Himself to bless me, then we've missed the plane. We've missed the purpose. And if you will, for the remaining of this time, I just want to show you things that you are in Christ Jesus. We've already learned one, you're not condemned. And if you will, you are now a spiritual being in the spirit of life. But the first thing I want to show you is that God has declared us righteous in Christ Jesus. In Galatians 2.16 it says, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by faith in Christ. Not by the works of the law. For the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. God sees you and I as righteous. You've been justified. You're right before him. In Christ Jesus. Not anything you can do. He's already done it. I see, in Christ Jesus also, God calls us holy. In 1 Corinthians 1-2, To the church of God which is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. What does that mean? God sees you as holy. You're already complete in His eyes. Isn't that that amazing? Because we're sitting there going, Oh Lord, man. Because sanctification is a process that we understand that He's working in us right now. But see, positionally, He says, You're holy. He says, Oh, I'm working on you. You are being holy. But He says, But oh, in heaven you're already holy. It's done. It's complete. And we're down here and we're trying to work at all these things. Trying, Oh Lord, I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to be... You can't be in Christ. Just be in Christ. Let Him do the work. Yeah, fear about losing your faith. Listen, in Christ Jesus is our security. First I want to show you John. I love this. In John chapter 10. 
Jesus says, I have given them eternal life. They shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Uh, Do you feel weak today? Do you realize who's got you in his hands? When you're in Christ Jesus, you're in his hands. I like the way Jude puts it. Jude says it this way. He says, A bondservant of Jesus Christ, a brother of Jesus, to those who are called, sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in Christ Jesus, kept in Christ Jesus. You make it in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, God has guaranteed us an inheritance and a seat in heaven. In Ephesians, it says this, chapter 1, verse 11, In Him also you have obtained an inheritance, being predestined. That means God already has you there. He saw you in eternity past. And you've already been called. Your name's already up. Think about that with me for a second. Your name is already written in heaven. God's not up there with a book going, I don't know about that, Matthew. Matt. Man, it can go either way here. What do you think, Gabriel? Gabriel's going, no. You already made it. You're already there. Think of all the stress and the struggles that we would cease if we just understood this. In Christ Jesus, if you don't understand that, listen. In Christ Jesus, if you think the Bible is like some Greek language to you that you can't understand. In Christ Jesus, if you think, man, this spiritual stuff gets really deep. I get lost in it. Listen. In Christ Jesus... God has given us the ability to know and to understand truth and wisdom. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. But of Him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, Colossians 2, 3 says. In 1 John 5.20, John says this, And we may know the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know Him who is true, and we are in Him who is true, in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. If any of you lack wisdom, James tells us, then ask of God who gives to all liberally, except if you're asking in your own centeredness. Paraphrasing. That's basically what he's saying. Just asking for yourself. You don't rest in the fact that I got you. You don't rest in the fact that you make it. You don't rest in the fact that I'm working in you. All things for good. All things. Rest. Rest in me. Rest in my hands. Rest in these truths. 
See, in Christ Jesus, God gives us the strength, the power that leads us in triumph. In Ephesians 6.10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. In 2 Corinthians 2.14, it says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. We're victorious in Christ. Isn't it good to know that God never loses? Let that rattle in your brain a little bit. God never loses. Never. God never fails. God never lies. What God has declared, so be it. God loves us. In Second Timothy, excuse me, Second Timothy one thirteen, Paul says, "Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus." For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. But listen, it's in believing in Him now that you receive His love. It's not saying that He doesn't love everybody. He does. But to really understand and accept it is to accept it through His Son. That He died for us. And that God's love, again, we're going to find that nothing can separate us from this love. In John 4.16, 1 John, John writes, And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And He who abides in love abides in God. And God in Him. So now, no condemnation, but I'm also loved. In Christ, we have access to God. In Ephesians 3.12, it says, In whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in Him. What does that mean? That means, in Christ, the door is always open for you. To come into His presence. To ask for wisdom and knowledge. To ask God, I don't understand what's going on. Could you help me to at least endure or at least understand or whatever it is you desire? Because I know that you are working all these things out for your purpose and for my good. Because you love me and there is now no condemnation. I am free because you have declared me holy, sanctified, justified. I am righteous in Christ. Whoa, man, if we can get this, we can understand something. When I touch down, it would be just like touch and goes. Do you know what touch and goes are? Touch and goes are basic when a plane would do a pattern. I know this because my dad would do this. This was practice of landing and taking off. Landing and taking off. One time he took a, I remember we were playing football or something. There was a bunch of us playing. And my dad goes, hey, do you guys want to go flying? And of course all my guy friends are going, ah, yeah, right, okay. Go ask your parents. So they went. And so then we went to the airport. My dad took his plane and he would take one kid. He would take off. He'd go around this pattern. And then he would land again. Kid would get out, kid would get in. Take off, come around, land. Kid would go out, kid would go in. Land, again. That's the way it would be more like in our life rather than doing this. 
Have you ever been in a big plane and you're going, man, is this thing going to take off? I've been in some heavy way down airlines and you're going, man, this guy's using the whole runway until finally towards the end he finally starts lifting off. Look, in Christ you're always going to get off the ground. Always. See, in Christ Jesus, we also understand that God has given us all these precious promises and everything we need to live godly lives. In Ephesians 1.3 it says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Peter says, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which we have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. And in 2 Corinthians, Paul says, for all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of God through us. I hope this is doing something inside you. I hope this is really starting to stir some truth in you. Just if you will, that I too. See, you weren't meant to be earthbound. Again, I know I'm taking this illustration to understand something that now we are heavenly minded. And we'll get more into that next week. But what God has promised us in Christ is beyond our imagination. Beyond our ability to really to understand it fully. And that's the joy of being in Christ Jesus and going, I know these things to be true. Uh, now help me stay here with you. And stay in you. No matter what happens in the world. No matter what's happening around you. No matter what's happening as we see a lot of things fall apart. These truths are true. And now you understand why it's not about how I feel. Because if it's about how I feel, sometimes... Wow, that's really weird. And sometimes I'm going to feel like I'm really earthbound and I can't see how I can get off the ground. But the Lord says, it's not about you. It's about what I've done. And you're in me. I never failed. Did I mention that? That my purposes are always fulfilled even in your life? Can you for a moment think this through with me that no matter how bad it's been or whatever situation you're in, think this through that God is doing something and it is beautiful. Isn't that good? Because see, when God created things, He didn't go, Venus will like Mars, eh, eh, not so good. I'm, you know, then He can look at us and go, hey, Caleb, now, I did alright with him. But Luke, eh, oh well, next time I'll take my time a little more. No, everything He did is good and perfect. Now, maybe not the way we think of things as being perfect. But remember, everything becomes beautiful in Him. 
Now, how are we going to end this, you ask? I'm glad you asked. Please turn with me now to Colossians chapter 2. You there? Okay, look at chapter 2, verse 6. As you therefore receive Christ Jesus, the Lord. What does it say? Anybody? Okay. So walk in Him. Does that mean? Live in Him. Life experience with Him. Just as a walk. You talk. Communicate. Trust. Now I want you to use your imagination for a second. Can you imagine you walking on this earth with Christ standing right next to you? Do you think you'd be afraid of anything? Do you think anything that happens in your life, you'd be going, oh no. Because you know He has you. You would know He's doing what's best for you. You would remain in Him. So what are we to do? Walk in Him. Rooted, built up in Him and established in the faith as you have been taught abounding in it thanksgiving. Now, just so you know, the word rooted means deep, thoroughly grounded. So I am walking with Him and I am being Basically, a firm foundation is being built. And then I am built up on that foundation. That word implies a constant increase. In what? In my Christian walk, but also knowledge established in the faith. That word means made firm, not wavering. I know my God lives. I know my God is at work. I am in Him. I am safe. He loves me. He's called me and declared me righteous and holy. He has given me everything I need on this earth to not just survive, but to fly. Not in the blessings that the world calls blessings, but what God has redeemed and called for you and me. That God is at work. But not just that. Notice it's made firm, not wavering, but it's abounding. Remember when Jesus said, I've come to give you life and give it more abundantly? That's it. That's the abundant life. Him. It's being in Him. It's living in Him. It's walking with Him. It's knowing that just as you just saying that He's a friend, He's a brother. He's your Savior. He's your king. He's your master. He's your teacher. He's your Lord. Notice it's with thanksgiving. We're coming to thanksgiving. Again, where are you at? I don't know, but listen. Can you thank God for just what you've heard today and last week? 
Can you be thankful that even in the trials and struggles that you may find yourself in, that God is faithful and I'm thankful that I'm in Christ Jesus? And maybe everything's going well. Be thankful. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And it's not about, oh, wait till the other shoe falls, because typically that's what we think. Oh, everything's going well. Something's going to happen. Somebody's going to drop the turkey. The mashed potatoes aren't going to come out lumpy. Somebody's not coming. You know, I mean, just silly things, but that's the way we think. We can get emotional. We get self-centered on ourselves and how we feel about things. Things aren't working out the way we plan, what we want, what we desire. We kind of miss out but not just being thankful. Being thankful. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. Can we just simplify this? The world right now and its philosophies think about you. But wait a minute. If you're white, it's your fault, and you should be remorseful, and you should be repentive. If you're a certain different color, you're oppressed, and you should own that oppression. You're a victim. See, this isn't about race here, folks. In Christ, mm, there is no race. <laughs> nope. It doesn't exist. I should picture again God up there in heaven coloring different skins. Oh, the inside's all the same. Spirit, soul, body, it's all the same. But all God did was just color the skin differently. What do we do? We segregate. We separate. It's not God. In Christ Jesus, there is no color. In Christ Jesus, we don't think about just me, self-centeredness. I'm free from that. That's the vanity of the world. And if you will, it's the deception that's coming upon this world. Last verse. Well, let's look at verse 9. For in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Uh, You know, I'm not going to comment on that. It's God. Now listen. You are complete in Him. Do you want to find your contentment? Do you want to find your wholeness? Do you want to be satisfied with yourself? Do you want to never have to think about yourself again? Then understand the truth that you are complete in Him. It's His work. He is the head. He is the Lord. He is God. He is the one that created all things that are on heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through Him and for Him. That includes you and I. Remember I said like this? Remember what weights you down is this world and flesh and you. But what keeps you airborne is eyes on Him. Now, does it mean that you're never going to stumble and fall? Come on. We've already went over this. We're not perfect here. We're going to be doing touch and goes for the rest of our lives here. But the question isn't when you come down. The question is, how quickly do you get back up? You with me? This Thanksgiving, 
this day. Can you declare that you are in Christ Jesus? Can you be at rest? Can you be thankful? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for these truths. I just pray that really each one of us would understand these things. Lord, we pray for wisdom. We pray for understanding. Not to be self-centered, but to be God-centered. To realize that we are in Christ Jesus. And it's in you, Lord, we find our freedom. It's in you that we find an abundant life. It's in you that we find peace. My prayer for each of us, Lord, that we would understand these truths deep down in our hearts. Help us to stop being so self-centered and help us to be Christ-centered. Lord, we pray your blessing upon each of us as we contemplate these truths, as we walk in these truths. We just thank you for, again, that you have given us everything that is needed to live godly lives. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.